0: Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we don't have a ton to talk about today, I'll say. Maybe you already, if you're listening to this, you looked at the time and you're like, wow, that's a lot shorter than usual. And that's <laughs> kind of what I expected to go today. That's okay. We'll have some fun. We'll talk about a couple of things um, and get people on their way
1: bye-bye. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it'll be a little bit shorter. We only got a couple segments to do. Um, we, we're we going to start off with some amateur baseball talk. Uh, the first weekend is done and in the books. A few teams have pumped their tickets to the region tournament for amateur baseball. A few are still either have punched their tickets and still working on seeds for that region tournament, or they're still working on kind of or they're all, all done. I mean, I know Region 15C is done with all their their games. So, um, yeah, plenty plenty of stuff to talk about in the baseball world. And then I think we're going to kind of conclude it with some Olympics um, talk. I, I think you and I have had our fair share of time watching the Olympics over the past week or so. Um, you just released a an opinion article about the three-on-three tournament that you've been watching, um, which... I will say, is a good article to read as well as it is a good activity to watch too. Um, I've, I've, I've been enjoying it as well. Um, but, and I know we have Elise starting um, up her BMX stuff here pretty quick here too. So plenty of stuff to talk about the Olympics wise. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be a good, good and short podcast for all of the summer listeners that want to just Listen quick and get on with their summer week. So,
0: Mm -hmm, definitely, yeah, because we're going to, we only have a couple more weeks at this point. um, What, like two or three more weeks until we're going to be doing uh, fall sports, football starting up, all the other sports the following week. And at that point, we'll get into previews, um, players to watch, all that kind of stuff that you kind of um, have probably gotten used to hearing about or would expect with the podcast over the last year. Um, But yeah, this will be one of our last shows of kind of just hitting on a couple of key things we're working on um, and then, you know, wrapping up and getting going. So um, we're going to start with amateur baseball, like Brian mentioned. Um, we had a lot of action going on this last week, kind of a crazy amount. Um, a lot happening on uh, Saturday, especially. Um, and yeah, just the prior weeks too. We've just been seeing so much baseball kind of coming um, down the pipeline, matchups happening, and we got um, some really good ones this last week. Um, and I got to, to check out a really good one myself, actually. It didn't, it didn't seem like it for most of the game, at least with how the score was going. Um, I went out to St. Joseph because they were hosting um, Becker in their first round of uh, the Sock Valley League playoffs. Um, and Becker got up 8-2 to two pretty early on in the game. Joe's had a ton of errors, um, gave up a ton of singles. Just things weren't really going their way. Kind of everything that seemed to go wrong could um, they couldn't get much offense going either through that first half, and they kind of seemed to just kind of settle in a lot better, um, you know, just take advantage of uh, the opportunities that kind of started presenting themselves. Um, Lucas Tyson had a really good second half, um, kind of a, the game pitching too. He came in around the fifth inning, um, threw, a lot of, threw a lot of strikes, struck a lot of people out, kind of kept um, the defense not having to work too much. And then the bats kind of just got going from all over the lineup, but eventually they... They came all the way back, one nine to eight. Um, you know, this was only ten days after you had just seen them walk off in a similar way, where they didn't have a good start to the game, had a ton of errors, had to fight back um, and beat a Becker team. And from when you told me you saw that game, when I watched this game, it seems like these teams don't really like each other. They chirp each other a lot. They um, have probably seen each other in a lot of sports growing up as well. Um, and it was just, it was a cool atmosphere on a Saturday afternoon, and the Joes um, came away with a win that they needed.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, like you said, when I was over there about a week and a half ago, just kind of, I mean, it's not bad, you know, chirping. It's just it's just fun, you know, baseball chirping like any any rivalry would. So um, definitely a fun game to, for you to go watch. And um, I think the St. Jo- Joseph Joes, they will be playing in the championship game on Saturday at 1 p.m. in Sartell. You'll be going to that game from the sounds of it. Um, they'll be taking on the Sartell Muskies and the Sartell Muskies haven't had much of an issue in this tournament so far. Um, they beat Rogers Red Devils in the quarterfinals at 15 to nothing. And then they beat uh, Lake Cafe of Big Lake um, 11 to one in the semifinals to reach the championship game. Both of those teams, the Joes and the Muskies have locked in a um, bid to that region 11C tournament. It's just the winner gets the one seed, the loser gets the two seeds. So they're kind of fighting over who's going to get that number one seed at the end of it all. But I think the one big shocking, um, the big shock was Sartell Stone Ponies. They obviously advanced um, from that play-in game against Albertville because Albertville was disqualified due to ineligibility reasons and such. Um, but then they defeated number one seed from the East, Monticello Polcats, in the um, quarterfinals 9-5. to Unfortunately, fell to the Joes 4 to 2 in that semifinal game, but they will be taking on Clearwater River, River Cats um, on Saturday at 4 30 in Clearwater. They have punched their tickets, ticket into the region tournament, so they will be playing in the region tournament. It's just uh, dependent on whether or not they're going to get the three seed, four seed, five seed, or six seed. So, um, a lot more up for grabs in that sense rather than like what the Joes and the Muskies are playing for this weekend. But, uh, yeah, because if you get the sixth seed, you're going to have to do a play-in game um, on that Wednesday before the region tournaments actually kind of start up. Um, You're doing a play-in game against um, St. Nick. So, kind of a lot of of different matchups going on um, this upcoming weekend, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch um, as we get started on Saturday.
0: Absolutely, for sure. And, I mean, yeah, St. Joe, it, it will be cool to see how they play. Um the Muskies, from what I remember, both times that they've played this year, um, the games have been pretty close, unlike, you know, as we've been talking about, some of these region games that um have just not been competitive at all. But when they played um back in May on a Saturday, it was only a two one win for the Muskies. Um and that was in Sartell. Um and then I believe they played one more time in St. Joan, yeah, it was three to one um back in June. So you know, it's been close. They've been low-scoring games. Um, that's kind of... It seems like a couple times that, uh, you know, we've watched them or some of their latest results. St. Joe has, you know, put four or five runs on the board and still managed to get wins, while Sartell, um, for the most part, has been putting up double-digit runs on a consistent basis. So um, they've, played, they've played two good games so far this year. We'll see if it uh, can be a third on Saturday. But I would expect, um, you know, a pretty competitive game. Like you said, it you know, it's not... Anything huge on the line? It's gonna be the one versus the two seed, to kind of you know where you are in the bracket. Um, but they're both they both set themselves up really well for region play um, already, regardless of the results on Saturday. Yeah, and, and
1: I mean the only other teams that are left in the in the tournament, um, Lake Cafe of Big Lake, they'll take on Monticello Polecats, um in the on Friday night actually, and they will be facing off against Clearwater and Sartell Stone Ponies to figure out those three through six seeds um, as we get ready for regions. The region tournament um, that Sauk Valley is in is region 11C. They will be taking on, um, they get six seeds that go go into the region tournament and they will be um, facing off against Central Valley League north, which it has um, three seeds as well. So um, if you get the one seed for um, the Sock Valley, you'll be playing the number five seed of Sock Valley. So Muskies, if they do get that one seed or if Joes get that one seed, it does help a little bit in the sense that you'll be playing that five seed rather than, you know, possibly the three seed um, for Sock Valley. So I mean the matchups do do matter. I mean the seeds do matter. It's just a matter of you're gonna have to play all these teams regardless um, once you hit that once you hit that region tournament.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it. it's kind of funny because there's just so many, like you said, matchups, different brackets in the end, you know, um, possibly six of the, the eight teams, eight or nine teams that were just playing get dumped into this region bracket. We kind of do it all over again in a way, um, <laughs> you know, especially the top seeds are going to be, you know, on opposite sides of the bracket. We'll see if they meet again. Um, the Sock Valley League, one seed is on the top, two seeds on the bottom, kind of vice versa. So, um, yeah, you're. You're going to have to get it done anyway. There's a chance even if, you know, no matter who wins between the Muskies and Joes on Saturday, they could play a fourth time very easily at some point down the road in the tournament. Um, or, you know, upsets can happen. and We might not see that. You never quite know with um, postseason baseball, as we've already seen with um, Stone Ponies pulling off a big upset. So there's still a lot um, to come. But, And, yeah, you know, on the Joes as well, before we kind of move on to um, – the other region that we cover. Um, The one thing that kind of stuck out to me too was other than just their ability to be able to come back um, in a tough situation, face that adversity um, and overcome it, which is going to be important when things don't go your way kind of sometimes in this part of the season. Um, It was also kind of how some of their younger guys really stepped up, you know, people like Andrew Rott, Jackson Jangula, um, you know, Andrew Weiser. A lot of these guys didn't start for them in this game. They kind of came they subbed in for people about four or five innings into the game and played through the rest um, during that really successful stretch. And kind of all of them either on offense or defense, base running, all had kind of big moments for them um, to keep it close or eventually take the lead. Um, and, you know, Tanner Alshire, he was the one that ended up hitting the walk off and Noah Bissett, too. You know, guys that have played for them, um, you know, good amounts and started for them as well. And this game kind of provided some of those big moments near the end, too. But these guys kind of paved the way to, to get them back in the game too. some of those. Guys that were recently, um, you know, high school graduates. So, um, cool to see that as well. And just yeah, they don't have you know a huge, you know, muskies as we talk. about, have you know twenty something guys. I think the Joes they might have had you know 13, 14 guys there. But um, they all kind of cycled through, and they all played pretty well to to get that win on last Saturday.
1: Yeah. No. I, I mean, that's kind of what I learned too. Is they did a lot of subbing when I was there too, and um, it seems like their manager knows just the right time when to put in those players and. Um, Works out pretty well for them. To kind of finish off that Region 11C tournament on the Central Valley League north side, um, Watkins and Kimball, they will be playing in the championship game on Saturday at 2 p.m. at Watkins. The winner will have the number one seed. The loser will take the number two seed. The number three seed has been determined. Um, St. Nick defeated um, St. Augusta. Last weekend, uh, ten to one, and so Saint Nick will get the number three seed. That means that they will play the number six seed from the Sock Valley League on August fourth, which is a Wednesday at seven thirty in Sartell, um, for the play-in game. Looks like the Region Eleven C will take place in Sartell, so all of the games will be at, in in Sartell. Um, but still trying to kind of figure out who those seeds are and when you know when teams are going to be playing and such. So stay tuned on that, um, because after this weekend, everything will be finalized. So we will finally have an idea of what's going to be happening over the course of the next few weekends. Um, but for the Region 15C tournament, um, that has already all been decided. There is really no, no games happening this weekend besides a play-in game. And it looks like everything is pretty much squared away for um, the Central Valley South and the Stearns County
0: League. Yeah, we, you know, we um, there's a there's a lot of teams already in this one as well. We have nine teams. Um, they're going to start up on August 6th are some of the first games, at least um, for that round. The play-in's August 1st between Farming and Pearl Lake, but um, Richmond and Cold Spring are going to kick it off on August 6th. And then New, New Munich and Meyer Grove are going to play on August 7th, as well as St. Martin versus Spring Hill and Luxembourg versus the winner of that play-in game. Um, and then following, there's going to be, um, games on the 7th and the 8th too for the following round. And then we get into on the 8th as well, losers bracket. And then that'll also go through the weekend of, um, kind of August 13th through 15th with August 15th being the date we'll, um, crown a champion in that region. So, um, a lot to look forward to in that one as well. Uh, but like you said, that one, at least we already kind of have an idea who's going to be playing and when that's going to be happening. Um, while region 11, c we still have a little work to do on that end.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing with the thing that you need to understand about town ball or amateur, amateur baseball is each region has a certain amount of bids that get sent to the state tournament. So you go through your league playoffs to figure out the seeds to go to the regions, and then you play through regions just like kind of Zach was talking about where basically you start all over again <laughs> and have to win a certain amount of games to get into those, those seeding games. Um, But then once you get into, once you're finished with regions, a certain amount of teams go to the state tournament and then you, then the state tournament is the final tournament to to crown the champion. Um, But for regions, 11C, um, region 11C only has three bids to the state tournament. So the top three teams in that region tournament will earn a spot for that state tournament. Region 15C, you, they actually have four spots. So they'll be battling for those top four seeds to continue their postseason as well. So plenty of stuff to kind of look look forward to. I think one of the big ones was you know, Luxem- Luxembourg and Cold Spring. They had a really nice championship game on Sunday night. Um, Cold Spring lost four to three. I believe it was 10 innings that they played. Um, so a really good game between the two of them. And talking to David Jonas afterwards he said that you know they they've all they've always had really good games against Luxembourg so wasn't surprising that it went into extra innings. So um, obviously I'm sure the Rockies would love to have had the number one seed so that they could play a you know play a team that already played a game um, earlier in the week but uh, honestly it doesn't in this point it really doesn't matter because you're gonna have to beat the best of the best to get to that state tournament. Um, so you're going to have to be on your, a game no matter what the situation is. So, but yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, like we kind of said, a lot of sock Valley league stuff is still happening this weekend. We have the play in game for region 15 C on Sunday. Otherwise the following weekend is going to be kind of the busy weekend in, in
0: getting everything prepared for that last weekend before state tournament bids. Yeah. And the last thing to mention, um, it's just that that 15C tournament is in Cold Spring. I don't know if we'd mentioned that yet. All the games will be at Cold Spring Baseball Park. And then um, for the 11C, we mentioned it's in Sartell. All those will be at St. Cloud Orthopedics Field. So two fields that we're very familiar with from amateur ball, from high school ball, all of that, um, is going to be hosting all of these uh, games, which is nice. They're kind of in uh, pretty close locations for us. Really nice baseball parks that um, a lot of people like going out to. Yeah. So, um, That'll be exciting as as we go in through the next couple weeks, and those will be your places to catch as much baseball as you can. So um, I think that'll do it kind of for our amateur baseball roundup here to begin the podcast. So we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, like Brian said, we're going to talk about some of the Olympic sports um, just that we've watched that we've really enjoyed so far, and then also about Elise Willoughby uh, from St. Cloud and her quest for her first gold medal. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, like we mentioned, we're going to wrap up the show today with a little Olympics talk because um, there's really nothing else going on. So that's what we've been doing, I feel like, with most of our free time the last week or two, um, is watching the lot Olympics. I guess, Brian, you want to just start off with what you've been watching, what you've really enjoyed, what's kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I think for me, it's the smaller sports that, like, you don't really get to see a whole
1: lot, like archery or... Um the one that caught my eye was kayaking or like canoeing down that river. That I mean, I would for sure drown one hundred percent because they're like suction cupped inside that uh kayak. Then they gotta go around a pole, not touch it also, mind I tell you, while the rapids are coming down like no like no other. Um so yeah, I'd definitely drown, probably about a third into it. I i no, like probably an eighth into it, I would say. The first gate. (laughs) Yeah, first gate. Um, But no, I think for me, it's just those small sports that are kind of fun. Like, I was watching Synchronized uh, Diving, Um, Tom Daly from Great Britain. I mean, him and his partner were just insanely good. They hit the water so well on that platform. Um, As well as, like, the Chinese divers, they were doing really good, too. Um, But the one sport that is kind of common, I guess, um, is... Uh, volleyball. I've been watching men's volleyball so much. And it was it's so much fun to watch because, like, they throw the ball 400 feet up in the air to, to serve it. And it's not like those underhand serves that I do at my volleyball league, you know, like hoping that it goes over the net. No, these things are like bullets to, like, the back row. And most of the time, you don't, like, they don't even rep volley at all because the guy, like, just punishes the ball down to the floor so, um, but it's just so much fun to watch because all these guys are like 6'10", 6'11", and just monster of an athlete. So same with the women's um, as well. That Those, they've been kind of fun to watch. And a lot, a lot of them I know because I covered Iowa State volleyball for a little while. So I'm familiar with some of the names of the, of the girls that are on it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember covering her or seeing her play against Iowa State or whatever. So, um, but yeah, no, a lot of fun to watch so far. Um, I'm getting excited cause baseball is going to be starting up cause now softball's done. Um, so I'm excited to watch baseball start up. Um, and then, uh, we also have a local person go- coming up here soon. That'll be kind of fun to watch, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think so far it's been a lot of fun. The only unfortunate part is that there's been no fans, you know, you lose that kind of environment of, you know, all the fans being around and cause I'd guarantee you that all those seats would be sold out for, you know, all these different events and, unfortunately just not the case right now but yeah overall been been a lot of fun to watch the opening ceremony i thought was really good um i i i enjoyed it quite a bit um what you got to do what i learned is you dvr it and then you just fly through all the commercials because there's a ton of commercials on that opening ceremony and it's like a four-hour ceremony but really it's only like an hour and a half ceremony <laughs> so <laughs> <But> what have <laughs> you seeing that you like yeah <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I've been seeing a lot. Like you mentioned, that I wrote about, I watched a ton, probably way too much for my own good. Three on three basketball because it was just, it was something I always thought was interesting. This is the first Olympics it's been at, um, and you know it's a lot of guys that never seen before, countries that aren't really always known for, um, you know, getting medals at Olympics, especially in you know the five on five normal competition. But um, it's just really exciting to watch. It's so fast paced. You only have twelve seconds to shoot. That includes the time from when you, like, take it out of the basket, go back beyond the three-point line, set up, and then you got to shoot all within 12 seconds. So, um, there's just kind of no waste of motion. There's no, you know, games, if it's going quick, can last. It's only a 10-minute clock, but even with stoppages, it it goes by 15, 20 minutes. It's like I look at my phone for a couple seconds, all of a sudden I'm like, wait, they scored five baskets? Like, I don't even know what happened. So, (laughs) you got to pay attention a lot more, you know, sometimes the game you know, actual basketball, they slow the pace down, you know, they work it around. There's no time to do that in this. So it's just something that's cool and different. And I'm just such a big basketball fan that even like I picked watching this over five on five basketball, like every single morning, because it's, it's just a lot more um, fun. It kind of keeps your attention a bit better, I think for just something Olympics. And, you know, we just went through, you know, a basketball season that NBA that was, you know, six, seven, eight months. So well, I still do like watching them when they're on, they kind of have been playing. I think last night they played at like one in the morning. So I'm sorry. I'm not staying up for that anymore. <laughs> so I've, I've enjoyed watching. Yeah. Basketball a lot. Um, tracks and my other big things that'll start, I think already tomorrow, actually um, on Thursday, that'll go through the end of the Olympics. Um, that's something I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, skateboarding was something that also is brand new this year. And I've always been a big X games fan. So they did skateboard street, um, the guys and the girls a couple nights ago and then skateboard park is going to be later in the olympics so i'm looking forward to that as well um i've just always been interested in that just watching and um that's kind of something i'm used to watching in the summer like i said the x game so it's cool to see it make it to the Olympics. i'm i'm really enjoying kind of all these new things that are they're trying to you know implement stuff that's not the same as just like you know equestrian and archery not that those aren't you know and fencing not that those aren't okay to watch sometimes but i feel like you know, people our age or younger a lot aren't tuning in to to watch that stuff a lot of the time. So they're trying a lot of these new sports, um, and this Olympic cycle is kind of different. Tokyo could add their own sports. They added stuff like, um, you know, baseball and softball back in, which hadn't been in in a while, and they added skateboarding and surfing. I know you've been watching some surfing you thought was super cool, too. Um, they added sport climbing. I mean, there's all these new things that that people are adding each year, and when, uh, when L.A. hosts it in a couple of years, I'm going to be interested to see what kind of sports then is it going to be like disc golf or is it going to be you know some other crazy sport you know things that are you know um we in the americans kind of think that we might be good at or that have become really popular in the last decade or so kind of those um almost counterculture type sports that um at least the olympic committee or people think are going to get more people to watch so i've been really enjoying some of those those kind of new innovations this time around yeah
1: surfing has been insane i mean i saw the the american girl woman that um, from Honolulu. Um, and she, I guess they had like a bunch of storms in the past couple of days. And so she, she had like the perfect weather for surfing, which me, I probably would have like cried and ran back to my hotel or whatever right away, because there's no chance I would have been surfing on those types of um, waves. But for her, obviously it was a dream come true and she was able to get gold. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kind of similar to you it's fun to see some of these new t- newer things it's also fun to see some of those um, traditional ones like swimming like beach volleyball um, gymnastics is coming up here with the with the individual gymnastics so I mean those types of ones are kind of fun to because those are like your basic ones that you know us has a chance basically anytime that they step in that in that pool or step onto that mat um, but overall yeah I think I think it's a lot of fun I've been enjoying it um i think the one part that i'm always mad about is that i always watch it during the day and it's not live because they're sleeping at that time and so all of a sudden i'm like you know i'll be sitting there and like my girlfriend will be with me or whatever and i'll be like oh yeah i really hope that u.s wins she's like no no they lost two nothing (laughs) why did you say that
0: like i i was enjoying this competition a little bit you know like no the. The same thing happened this morning. I was watching Australia, Italy in um, men's basketball, five on five, and I went to check either who one of the players was, or I was like, I can't tell who that is starting. So I went to look at the box score or see if there's play-by-play because I know they do it, update it live. It's like, oh no, Australia won eighty-six to eighty-three. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to spend the next hour and a half watching this now. I just, <laughs> it's just not the same. I know it's well, going to happen. And then on
1: the reverse side, I was I was staying up late. One of the nights a couple days ago, and it was the US women's um five-on-five basketball team was playing, and like they started at 40 And like I was just like, oh, I'll have it in the background, and I was just working on a few things here and there. And all of a sudden I looked and I was like, Man, I was like, it seems like it's kind of late. And I looked and it was like 12:45, and I was like, They're only at half? What? I
0: was like, <laughs> you're going to be up till no. three in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I'm done with this. <laughs> I know. And then half the time it's going to end up, yeah, it's going to end up being replayed because, yeah, Tokyo's 14 hours ahead. So it changes when it's yeah. morning there, it's night here, vice, vice versa. So, yeah, it is kind of confusing with that. Like, And I know the next one's going to be in Paris, which that's going to be more, I think, like seven hours or so different. So not too much. And then the one after that will be in the U.S. and. Canada, Mexico, you know, kind of all of North America's taking that one. So that'll be really convenient times, I feel like, on that one we'll enjoy. But I know it's hard to to, kind of
1: know what's happening. I have to delete my ESPN app during the Olympics time so that I don't get any updates because then I can at least – it's kind of like the MLB All-Star game. Like, I don't actually watch it live because there's too many commercials. So I just always turn off all my notifications for MLB during that time because I want to be able to watch it, you know.
0: So that's, yeah, I know we both enjoyed kind of seeing all that. The one that, um, starting tonight here on Wednesday, when we're recording this, we're going to especially have our eye on is women's BMX racing, where, um, Elise Willoughby, who used to be Elise Post the last time she competed in the Olympics, um, who's a tech grad. She was a really good gymnast at tech. Um, and she's, you know, still in the St. Cloud area. Um, and she's competing for, you know, she's kind of the favorite for gold. It seems like she's won a couple world championships the last few years like I said, she, or, um, you know, she was a silver medalist, um, in 2016 in Rio by, I think it was only about 0.3 of a second. So, you know, it's only like a 34, 35 second race. That one was so, um, you know, it goes really fast. Um, and there's a lot that can happen in that amount of time. So, um, she finished 2020, I believe as the top ranked rider in um, the world. So, um she has pretty big expectations she's going to be in the fourth heat tonight it's going to be the quarterfinals there's four heats tonight if she advances out of that um the semifinals and the finals are going to be kind of at around a little after eight and i think closer to 10 tomorrow night and the quarterfinal round i think it's around 8 30 is when her heat is tonight um now you wrote about her last year i think a lot of times we've written about her a bunch of times over the years just because you know um she's had so much success at a level you don't often see and you know it's it's kind of our one Olympian that you know her residence is Saint Cloud, Minnesota. It says on you know the team USA, and it's cool to to see that, and hopefully um, you know she she can get over that final step and get that gold medal.
1: Yeah, we were joking about how you know Minnesota doesn't really have the surfers because Lake Malax really doesn't have the waves for surfing. Um, but I mean, it's fun to see a, a, a woman like Elise being able to to represent Saint Cloud, and you know we we always enjoy talking to her. I know I talked to her last year as we found out that the Olympics were being postponed to 2021. And talking to her, she was in the best shape and the best mindset that you could possibly think of heading into 2020. And she was kind of bummed, honestly, because she's like, you know, I felt really good. I was in a groove. It kind of felt really nice. And honestly, I was getting ready for the summer and and she kind of had to reshape her entire plan and her program so that she could get back to her top self for 2021 for the Olympics. And so it seems like she's done that. Um, talking to certain people, it seems like she's, she's on top of her game and I'm excited to see what she can do um, tonight and hopefully tomorrow um, as we watch what's going on for BMX. But it, it is fun. It's fun to see some of these, not even just her, but a lot of Minnesota people. I mean, there's, couple gymnasts. I think there's like three different gymnasts. Um, you know, you have a swimmer from Lakeville that's out there, Regan Smith. And it's just fun to see some of these Minnesota people being able to not only go, but like be one of the top people, like people know who they are. Like, it's not just, you know, some, someone that's in the back and and kind of just being a part of the journey. It's like someone that's actually winning Olympic medals and, um, you know that type of stuff, and it's it's
0: fun to see that Minnesota can represent really well. Most definitely, yeah. So that's going to be something. I know she's wearing the number one bib, um, you know, on her bike, and so we'll see if uh, we'll see if that kind of translates to a number one finish as we go on into tomorrow night. But um, I think that'll about wrap up the show for today. So yeah, I would just if you haven't been already, I'm sure most people have. just Keep watching as much of the Olympics as you can because it's it's fun here. And I know in like a week or two, I'm going to wake up in the morning and be like. God, I can't just watch like three or four different sports whenever I want on five, six different channels. It's gonna be like, nope, there's nothing. So just figure it out. So as always, you know, we'll enjoy what we can for a couple of weeks and then wait another uh, four years or two years or you know, barely a year for Winter Olympics, I guess. It comes around fast, but yeah, I, I, is there anything else, Brian, you think we've we missed on today? No, I
1: just recommend everybody watch the Olympics too. A lot of fun to watch. It's that simple. that's a
0: bull (laughs) and yeah like i said we're gonna be um you know on saturday i'll be out at sartell muskies against st joe's and sartell um and brian will kind of continue as we did this last week uh, early this next week he'll catch you up on all the amateur baseball kind of happenings give you the brackets give you the results and kind of what to look ahead to so um that'll about wrap it up for today's show so thank you again for everyone that tuned in and we will see you again next time